You're listening to Ghoul's Hollow, Memoirs of a P.I. Listener discretion is advised. Jessica and I drove the rest of the way to her house without a word, the occasional sipping of coffee cutting through the silence, before we finally pulled up to the old house and headed in. A large, closed for renovations, sandwich board stood to the side of the front door, the open sign dark. As soon as the door was open, a gust of wind blew in, causing quite a rustle. There were papers and books scattered on all surfaces and boxes piled haphazardly throughout the various rooms. Oh, Jessica, what even? She laughed, cutting me off. I told you before that I was trying to digitize everything. I just had a lot more everythings than originally anticipated. We made our way through the paper jungle, cutting between several tall stacks and finally getting to one of the sofas. Jessica moved a couple boxes and gestured for me to have a seat. I looked around the room and the sheer volume of books and boxes and papers jumbled together made me anxious. So, how exactly are you sorting everything? How was it sorted before? Jessica sighed, her face twisted in thought. Well... I put things in boxes as I got them and then figured I'd sort the boxes out later. And I did that for years and years and years and I guess now later has come and it's time to get organized. Once I scan something, I file it into a labeled folder and put those into boxes organized by years. So at least once I get all this done, it will be mildly better than it was before. I grabbed a box and started flipping through the contents. News articles, random notebooks, photos, bits of string. I took another box and it had similar contents. Some boxes held random trinkets and loose keys, but there was no rhyme or reason to what was going on within each one. Some boxes smelled musty with age and some smelled like a fresh pack of paper that had just been opened. There was a box in the corner that caught my eye, a busted-up old banker's box, the handles ripped and worn, and the sides stained from what I hoped was water. And it had missing one, scrawled on the side in thick, faded black pen. I moved more boxes and papers to the side, trying to look at the other boxes nearby. If this was a one, that implied there were more. After a few moments, I was able to locate missing one through four. I flipped the lid off one to take a look inside. It contained old photos, news articles, and some sheets that looked like legal paperwork. Hey, Jessica, what are these boxes for? I carried missing one over to the sofas and placed it beside her. Oh, let me look. Oh, yeah. This is the information on the missing. 
jackpot, I thought to myself and settled in for a story. Jessica rifled through the papers within the box, muttering to herself. So there were lots of mixing folks in Ghoul's Hollow? She paused and looked at me. Oh no, missing like missing information from random things of Ghoul's Hollow, see? This is a page missing from some kind of newspaper, and this photo is missing from an album. It's bits and bobs that were missing from other things, and I toss them into this box, hoping one day I'll find where they're missing from and I can put them back. I felt my face reflect my disappointment. Oh, Diana, I'm so sorry. You were hoping for more of a mystery, I bet. Well, some of the words came through on my spirit box, and they implied that there were other victims, and I'm not sure where to start looking. I don't know the who's, the what's, the when's. Really, all I have is the implications of a pretentiously entitled ghost. Jessica's brow furrowed, and she looked off to the side, one finger tapping on her chin. Hmm, let me think. Lucille and Anderson were the first, and still are, missing townsfolk. I mean, over the centuries there have been people that came and went, but not many actually considered missing. We had an old lighthouse keeper that just up and left one day. Why a town with such a tiny lake needed a lighthouse? I'm not even sure. Everyone thought it was a great idea at the time, though. (laughs) Jessica laughed to herself, caught in a memory of some kind. Then there was a pub owner in the late 1700s that left after he was accused of trying to seduce the blacksmith's wife. What was his name? Stanley? William, maybe? It'll come to me eventually, I'm sure. When the town was originally settled, people reported family members going missing, but I believe they vanished on their way to Ghoul's Hollow, not once they got here. Also, when people were attempting to snorkel and dive in the lake, a few folks went missing, but They weren't originally from here, and it was assumed they drowned. The bodies were never found, though. There was a brief period of time from 1820 to 1824 that folks would go missing and turn up at some point later on. Some were gone a couple weeks, some a month or two. One man was gone for six years, and then one day his wife woke up and he was sitting in the kitchen eating an ear of corn. Raw. He was never the same once he returned. Jessica trailed off, lost in thought again. I waited for her to go on, but she continued to stare off into the distance, reliving something or another in her mind. Jessica, are you okay? She shook her head and smiled at me. Oh yes, I was thinking of how uncomfortable his wife was when he returned. He barely spoke and stared off into the woods a lot and developed a strange love of raw corn. They even had a child and he was still very distant for the rest of his life. Just to be sure I heard correctly, so there was a missing pub owner, a missing lighthouse keeper, and then random people would go missing and come back? Did all of the people that returned come back, I don't even know how to describe it, broken? Jessica shook her head. No, a couple were practically the same when they got back. 
It seemed the longer they were gone, the more drastic the personality changes were when they returned. Gerald was the most different of the returned. That's what we called them. But he was also the one that was gone the longest. I'm sure there's a list of the people who returned somewhere. There were seven or eight of them in total. Mind you, it was so long ago, it may have been ten or so. I can't recall the total off the top of my head. But really, back to your original question. I don't think we've had many missing people that have stayed missing. Not that I'm aware of, at least. And I'd like to think I know most of what went on here until they put that man up on the moon in 1969. I had no idea how Neil Armstrong tied into any of this at all, so I decided to put a pin in that. Well... You have a lot going on here, and I need to go home. But can I take some of these? I promise not to lose anything, and I'll even try to match things up or at least sort them into dates for you. I stood up and held the missing one and two in my hands. Of course, but if you find anything interesting, you have to let me know. Your questions have me intrigued. I smiled and nodded, carrying the boxes to the door. We said our goodbyes and I loaded my car up, hoping that there'd be something in one of these boxes that could help me with my mystery. At least things haven't been boring, I said to myself as I made my way along the drive towards my house. As I pulled up, I saw an RV out front. Damn it, I do not want to deal with this right now. I sighed and got out, looking for Charles by the front door. He was nowhere to be found. I headed around back and stopped short. He was not there, but his keys and what looked like an old journal were resting on the bench, and the faint outline of Lucy was sitting beside them. She was facing the yard, eyes shifted to the grass. There were large footprints in the grass and mud, likely Charles's, and they were headed towards the tree line, into the woods. I sat down beside Lucy, waiting for her to finish materializing or whatever it is spirits did. Hey, Luce, can you tell me what's going on? She continued to stare forwards, not acknowledging my presence. Great. I sighed again and pulled out my phone. We were going to have to start a search. Thank you for listening. Our custom sound was created by Kevin Ross. Our custom artwork and sound editing was done by Michael Pivas. If you'd like to reach me, please email me at ghoulshollow at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook at ghoulshollow the podcast. <laughs>